everybody. Welcome to episode 166 of the Go Gorilla Filmcast, your source for all things indie film. I am one of your hosts, Sashia Dumont. I have another host, Paul Robinson, and I'm here to bring you the weekly update on all things ScarJo versus Disney. That was well planned out. Yeah. Also, um, hopefully this we get to do this in one go. We are currently recording with the hurricane approaching. Yeah. So, you know... Uh, if we can remain with power, then all will be well. Also, if we remain with power, you will get this on time. If we have no power, then we cannot, literally cannot post this episode. (laughs) So we'll have to wait until we do have power. Yeah. Fun times. And internet. Go. Yeah. Um, yeah. How are you today? Mm -hmm. I thought you were going to. Yeah, I just want oh, okay. to see, check in with you, see how you're doing. Well, we live in the same house, you yeah. know, so there is that. Yeah, but, you know, it's totally late to check in from time to time. Cool. All right, I guess you're good. All right, so <laughs> so did you hear that Disney is trying to u- use binding arbitration with ScarJo instead of taking it to court? No. But ScarJo's people want it in an open court. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, as much as I love Marvel movies, and I know you love Disney... I hope she I fucking love, obliterates them. I love going to Disney. Yeah. All right. Let's just, let's, I like the parks, but Disney themselves, like, you know, I'm under no false pretense yeah. that they aren't like every other money grubbing There's just something about this case that, and I'm not the hugest ScarJo fan, but there's something about this case I just want her to be to win big. Well, um, what's, is it Dennis Villeneuve? Yeah. I think he just sided with her. Um, and said something about that he was going to have it be contractual that all of his films from now on that he directs have theatrical releases. He's not even sending out screeners to anybody because he wants everybody to go to the theater. So, And it's like, look, this guy's an amazing filmmaker. I don't know how that's going to honestly work with things being digital, but whatever. You know, this is the thing with the 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 whole, whole theater experience now that we're getting into it. It's like, yes, of course, every movie... Who doesn't want to see it in a theater? But the thing that these, these filmmakers don't understand is that the ex- theater experience sucks. Mm-hmm. You know, do I want to see Dune in a theater? Hell yeah! But you know, it's like until that experience gets so they they should really be pressuring the theaters, not the people. Because the more you make people do something, the the more pushback you're gonna get. Yeah. You know, so if you come out saying, you know, it's like Nolan. Nolan got a lot of pushback for the whole theater thing, and. It's we just, gave it to him. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I'll still watch every movie he makes, but it's just—I don't know. It, it doesn't—it doesn't make any sense until you well until you can clean up that theater experience. Here's the here's the problem though: is that a lot of this is um, going to get. I guess I, there's there's no way for me to do this without getting slightly political because you look at movie theaters abroad and they're clean. They're functioning. Mm-hmm. You go to a, uh, a theater, I think in like, is it Japan? It might have been in Japan. Oh, yeah. Or they might have been in Korea. I'm not sure. Um, They're crazy. It's like, it's like freaking Disney World. Yeah. They give you free posters. There's like a, you know, and they don't have to worry about people rating that because others just know how to behave. Yeah. You, you could not have something like that here. You couldn't. It's people not, would take like 20 yeah, of them. People, not only that, you're going to have punk kids that are going to run through, grab them, throw them all over the place. Yeah. People are going to let their kids, because, you know, nobody watches their children yeah. anymore. They let them do whatever the hell they want. So you're going to have toddlers grabbing at that shit, throwing Chewing it all over it, the place. Chewing on it, putting it back in there. Some, some 
idiot kid's going to choke on one and they're going to sue the theater. Like, yeah. this, it's just, we can't have nice things. That's just a fact. So it's for me, it's not even about like, oh, uh, you know, is there a way for us to be at this caliber of theater experience? No, absolutely not. As a country, as people in this country, we cannot have something that sophisticated. Yeah. We can't. Yeah. We don't know how to behave. Yeah. So no matter how fancy a theater is, you're still going to have assholes that come in there, drop their popcorn all over the goddamn floor, don't pick it up, drop Mm. their barbecue sauce and spread it all over the place and you know what i mean and and it's like and then you have companies that are the the movie theaters that are paying shit wages that hire mostly teenagers you know who aren't gonna for especially for shit wages aren't putting 125 percent in how they clean things yeah they don't so you know you and we say this as like you you managed a movie theater so we know how this works you First know, hand, yeah. You're not, and you managed a movie theater in a wealthy neighborhood, no yeah. less. And it was the filthiest movie theater I've ever been in in my life, yeah. quite honestly. Yeah, it's so, so hard to to maintain that. And it's not necessarily the kids that don't give a fuck, because they don't. But some of them do. Um, yeah, but but it's but, never all of them. So you have that one kid that right. gets stuck doing all the work. You have like that one work. or two people that are stuck doing everything, because they're the only ones that like give half of a shit. Yeah. And I get it. I, I don't expect them to. It's just like a fucking part-time job. They don't, they don't care. But, you know, it's the people. The people, they, the, the, they wouldn't have to worry about cleaning so much if people can just control themselves and not throw popcorn everywhere and shit mm-hmm. on the walls in the bathroom. It's like... That's an actual thing, by the way. Yeah, the yeah, amount of times that... actual thing. The amount of times that somebody in my theater had to clean up shit on the wall is the amount of times that i found shit on the walls visiting you at work and needing to use the bathroom it got to the point where i just started going to the men's bathroom because it was cleaner yeah ladies i don't know what the fuck you're doing in there yeah but why is there shit on the walls yeah um we should uh, too bad we don't so yeah we stopped naming our episodes because we could name this one shit on the walls walls. (laughs) um so yeah i mean with a slightly bigger TV, I don't know if I'd ever go to the movie theater again. It's funny that you say that because I was going to say to you, like, is it getting to a point where if you could just ramp up your home theater, mm-hmm. which in our case is just our living room because we don't have space for an actual home theater. We live in a matchbox. Yeah. Um, we live in a two-bedroom matchbox with no closets. Yeah. So... Um, if you're able to amp up your your audio and your your television and stuff, is it really worth going to the theater at this point? Yeah. Because, I mean, I do. There is something about the the, the there, experience. Well, of your TV is never going to be as big as a movie right. screen, obviously. And the, the audio is going to be whatever. So there is that. But for me, the trade off of not having to pay the insane prices, go to a messy theater. And I know there's some clean ones out there. I'm sure. But ours is always yeah, messy, <laughs> um, and just dealing with other people being loud and obnoxious, and yeah, a lot of that. That to me is probably the first thing: is the people being loud and obnoxious. Just want to have a nice, quiet experience. And sure, you want to scream because you know Luke Skywalker defeated somebody. Fine, but like, let's just not be on the phones and talk. And I'm a self-obsessed, a self-admitted phone junkie, mm-hmm. and I don't go on my phone at the movie theater, like. It's just, it's pointless. Yeah, it's just I I can't. It's the so it's experience for me. It's it's not, it's not that I don't respect the uh, film to be watched in the theater. I do, but that ex- that theater experience is worse for me than being home. This is what the directors that are like I'm not releasing unless it's in a theater don't realize is that you don't go to the theater. Okay, you have a theater in your house. You watch this 
in a rented theater with all your peeps and you're not like i highly doubt that christopher nolan is walking over to his local amc and paying for a ticket and sitting down in that mess yeah he's not so it's a nice concept Mm -hmm. but the movie theater experience is a shit show yeah and with tickets at nearly $15 a piece yeah. here, I'm walking away after service fees, $35, $37 in. Mm-hmm. And I was annoyed through 40% of it because yeah. somebody got on their phone. I mean, I have to admit that when we do the, not the IMAX, whatever it is. Yeah, the Dolby. When we do the Dolby, there's 90% less of that. Yeah. And then also the way the phones, the phones, the way the seats are situated, it's harder to see someone on their phone yeah. because they're so much lower and further away from you. So maybe they're, but I mean, you would still see the light, but mm-hmm. I don't know. There's something about people just understand, like when you go in that theater, yeah. like, oh, we don't do that here. I don't know. They well, that's why we had like going that. to the, um, uh, the, what was that theater that we used to go to down in the. Alamo. Yeah. Because they'd kick you out. Yeah, but before. Alamo was filthy. See, that's it the was problem. was filthy and uncomfortable. Alamo, like the the way the seats, there's too many seats to the theater, basically. Yeah. So you yes. can get a very bad seat in that theater if you don't get, like if we couldn't get s- seated dead set in the middle, I didn't even bother yeah. because when you were off to the side, it was really off to the side and weird. It smelled always. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm calling you out. Alamo in Yonkers. Yeah. It smelled constantly. Yeah. It smelled like dirty carpet, which is exactly what it was. It was yeah. filthy carpet. You know that smell because they didn't shampoo them or clean them. Well, that's the thing. Is like The bathrooms were disgusting. Mm-hmm. And after a while, I got to a point where I was like, do I want to be eating food in the dark that I can't see from a place that smells like this? If this is what the carpets and everything smells like, yeah. I can only imagine what's going on in the kitchen. So we got food like maybe three times. Yeah, not, not and much. then after a while, we were like, we'll just eat afterwards. Like, we'll just yeah. go out to eat or br- we've brought sandwiches in yeah. and snacks. And because I'm like, I-, I have a thing about like, I I don't know what, like if there's a roach that runs across this table, I would never know it. Yeah. Well, it's, you <laughs> so, know, the... You know, the cleaning procedure that should be taking place after a a show like that, because you're dealing with food now. Yeah. You know, and so, yeah. Well, you're dealing with food at all of them, because now that you can practically get a full meal at at, at AMC. But um, anyway, the whole point being that, you know, I I wonder if with the movie, with with a home theater, if it's like, yeah, you know what, this isn't too bad. And I'm going to actually comment on you saying, well, you know, the screen is bigger and then you have the audio. For me, what I dislike is the audio. I find the audio too loud. Every time we go, it's blaring through the speakers near your head. Mm. Your seat is shaking. I don't like that shit. I actually don't, I don't enjoy that. that. And it's always way too loud. <laughs> way too loud. Yeah. I'm all for like good audio, but... You well, know, they have it set for a full theater, which will will absorb much more sound. It's yeah, still but loud. It's but... usually not a full theater. Yeah, like I, I can't. The only time that I think you've ever sat in that where it was a full theater was probably when you saw Star Wars, mm. and I went to go see um, Midsummer, mm-hmm. and I was like, yeah, I don't really care to see the Star Wars, whatever, yeah, whichever yeah. one it was. You went to go see, and you saw that in the fancy theaters. Mm. I went to go see Midsummer, and you you had a jam packed theater, obviously for that. Mm-hmm. But every time we've gone, there have been empty seats, a, yeah. a good amount of them. So that sound is not absorbing and it's deafening. Yeah. So I am at a point where I'm like, you know what? I'll just pay the $25, rent it at home. Yeah. The amount of money that you would spend in a year and a half going to the theater just buy a bigger TV. 
I mean, if it's thirty five dollars yeah. a pop, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> just and that doesn't count the gas. And if you yeah, do buy any food, throw in a little extra for you know what you would have already mm-hmm. spent on a TV. Now get a nicer one. I don't know. And with us, it's tough though because we have vaulted ceilings, so it's hard for us to have that like deep movie sound because it goes everywhere. Yeah. Um, we have a tiny house with very tall ceilings, if that yeah. makes any sense. <laughs> yeah. So um, anyway, so that's where that's going. Um, we we will obviously keep you abreast, as they say, on what goes on with this. Yeah. Um, Disney's already getting enough hate with the Genie uh, Pass and Genie Plus and Lightning Lanes that they have released in their parks. So throwing this on top of it, they're just not. That yeah. that Chappick fellow is really shitting in the moose, isn't he? Yeah, this fucking guy. <laughs> you got you're really pooping in Archie's gig. I don't think he's gonna last very long. Nobody likes him. Yeah, nobody likes him. Um, I think I'll go eat worms. So okay, um, I actually we we have something that we're gonna review that we saw together, and then I'm actually going to review something that you haven't seen, mm. um, which seems weird. You're like, what? What's going on? How is that possible? Um, Who's throwing stuff? Somebody's throwing stuff. And so um, I wanted to talk about, it's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Also, just um, side note, they're coming out with a documentary on Bob Ross. Yeah. On apparently, I think it's called um, Unhappy Accidents, because apparently he wasn't who we thought he was. Oh, boy. Here we go. So this and was I'm my like, fear with the Mr. Rogers one. I kind of want to okay. watch this. And then part of me is like, yeah. no. Yeah. That's like if you told me, like, Robin Williams was a horrible person, actually. Yeah. And it's like, no one wants to hear that. Yeah. So I'm like, not not Bob Ross. Like, listen, I, you know, I realize it's, he had a persona. Sure. I knew that he hated the fro. Yeah. You know, but he did it. They were like, you have to. Everyone knows you for whatever. Like, so I, it's not like I thought he was Mr. Rogers. Yeah. I knew that. But I'm like, oh, if this gets dark. Yeah. That's going to be really disappointing. Yeah. Because uh, Bob Ross was like a major part of my, mm. my life a as a kid. Know. I watched... The joy of painting. I don't know what it lot. is with our 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 constant need to want to tear people down. You know, well, I like mean, we love to see like these people, like Mr. Rogers and Bob Ross. Well, we Mr. Rogers see... is still he's still good. No, yeah, he's he, aside that, from that was my fear. Aside that... from intentionally farting, which only makes him better. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> seriously, <laughs> to make his wife. laugh. That was my fear when the the Mr. Rogers documentary came out. I'm like, oh man, are they going to say he was like a pedophile or something? Like, I can't deal with this right now. Yeah, but it was you know he was a pretty wholesome guy and that's you know that's so great to hear well and it's, it's like, a double-edged sword though right because to say do we really need to tear people down i understand i totally understand no that i'm just I, look there's a le- there is a point in which you need to obviously you know i'm just saying when you know they're gonna take a incident where he you know yelled at somebody and called right. him a fucking asshole and and then paint him as some villain or whatever yeah you know but if there's legitimate shit that he did that's fucked up then yeah then let's 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 have that conversation but um, I don't know. It's just like clickbait, you know. I'm just hoping that it's yeah. It's weird because it. They did this a lot with um Desi Arnaz. Um, I'm for those who know me well know that I'm a massive Lucille Ball fan and mm-hmm. a very big I Love Lucy fan, and it's literally one of my favorite shows growing up. I've mm-hmm. seen every single episode of that show. A couple um, times. A cu- more than a couple times. Yeah. And the Lucille Ball show I used to watch a lot. I've seen their movies. Like, I was mm-hmm. obsessed. Still am. And, you know, everyone loves to be like, you know, Desi Arnaz was a, was a womanizer and an alcoholic. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but I'm not 
watching it, it's a character yeah did he beat the shit out of lucille ball that's what i want to know like was yeah. was he physically throwing bitches around and yeah. like raping women because that's different but yeah. like yeah he cheated on her a lot okay and she stayed with him Right. So that's her business and that's their yeah. business. And that, you know, like, right. do you know how many people in your day to day life, that person at the store that you're like, love that guy at the deli yeah. who potentially is an alcoholic? Or like, has bodies it, in his basement. Yeah. I mean, you just don't know about people, but it's like, yeah. so in that, when it's in that context, when it's like, oh, you know, this person was n- not nice all the time, it's mm. like, all right. Yeah. A lot of people aren't nice all the time. I mean, yeah. that's, I'm, I'm under like, I would never watch that show and be like, oh, these are who, this is who they really are in real yeah. life. That's Lucille Ball was nothing like that in real life. It was yeah. a character. Yeah. You know, so I, I, I'm going to watch the documentary, but it's weird. I kind of hope that I, I waste my time. Yeah. Because if I didn't waste my time, it means he was terrible. I don't know. I figure if he, if he was that bad, we would know by would now. would have known by yeah. now. Um so okay, so there there is a documentary, which is why I'm gonna say I'm I'm the one who watched this and you hadn't. Um, I usually have to force these on you. Mm-hmm. It's called Misha and the Wolves, and it is uh it, basically the cast mostly is the the main woman that is in this story. Misha, I think it was Defonseca, and the director and writer are Sam uh, is Sam Hobkinson. Um, so this story. I actually did not know about like I remember hearing something about it just in terms of that there was a woman uh, during the Holocaust as a child and that she had written a book. Mm-hmm. I didn't read the book. I didn't know the details of the story, nothing. But I do remember it like being a thing. So uh, I went in and I'm like, OK, let's 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 watch this. So I'm going to just say to you, right, having not watched it. um, If I say to you, um, there's a woman who is writing a book, telling her story, and here's the story. She was, I believe, nine years old Uh during the Holocaust. Okay. Right when it's starting to kick off. Um, Her father never returns. Her parents both never return. After she goes to school, she comes home. They never return. And they're likely sent off to a concentration camp. She gets sent to... Uh, an adoptive family. Okay. Um, which happened a lot back then. You know, you didn't really need a lot of paperwork and it was like, here, that's your kid now. Right. So she goes to live with this family that's, I guess, on the wealthier side, perhaps. Uh-huh. And um, she isn't treated very well and she wants to know where her parents are. So at nine years old, and I keep wanting to say nine because I'm about 90% sure it's, she was under 10. Mm-hmm. She decides. Nine is under 10. Right. But I'm saying like it, she wasn't like 12 or 13. Yeah. She was definitely like 10 and under. Right. But not like six, but it's, it's like somewhere around like seven or nine. And she decides she's going to go look for her parents. And at so, nine. At nine. Oh, okay. And does so alone, unassisted, through the woods in the winter hmm. and is raised by wolves. Basically, she finds this camaraderie and companionship and this wild pack of wolves. Hmm. She goes looking for her parents. And so um, the story gets out, right? She tells us, I think a local podcaster, no, like a news station had heard about it and whatever. And so this whole thing balloons. And the whole story really is about her fight with her publisher. Okay. So this gets into the point where they're like, Oprah's now involved. Disney was involved. They wanted the story so that right. they can make a film about it. Yeah. Of course. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, Oprah and all this stuff, all this stuff was in the works. 
And so long story short, everything falls to shit, basically. And she winds up suing the crap out of her publisher or the, the, whoever her manager or the publishing company or whatever was. And so the woman who's being sued now decides to kind of start investigating. And so she finds somebody, I think, who was in Berlin or something. And is like, can you please get me more information on what's going on? Because she was like, and so she claims like, I felt bad doing this because she was already had gone through so much trauma, but yeah. something just whatever. Long story short, Too none late. of this shit starts lining up. Right. Okay. My thing is like, when I said that story to you, what was your immediate reaction? That's crazy. Okay. That's what I don't understand. The second they said she went into the woods alone at nine, I was yeah. like, bullshit. Yeah. Bullshit. In the winter, in Europe, yeah, European winter, no fucking way are you surviving at nine years of age, under 10 years, let's just say that, by yourself, by yourself. What survival skills do you have yeah. to, to and, and manages not to get caught by Nazis, but then also claims at the end of this story that she had to kill a Nazi. Yeah. So she's killed someone. Right stab them or something like that hmm. okay but i feel like watching the movie at the point where nobody had was supposed to catch on i was already like this is complete bullshit right now and and again i didn't i almost said to be <laughs> they don't know what that means um i honestly didn't know the details so right. i was going in like oh shit you know like holocaust story like it's crazy it just from the jump, I'm like, that makes zero sense. Now, I'm not going to compare a nine-year-old in the 40s to a nine-year-old now, all right? A nine-year-old yeah. now couldn't make it down the block without finding some kind of fucking chaos and, and, yeah. and dropping like a fly. So the survival skills of a nine-year-old in the 40s was, was way more hardcore than you, than you yeah. would have now. Granted, that is true. There's no freaking way this kid did this. There's no way. Mm. And so now if towards the end, like as we're going through the story, her name isn't even her name anymore. Oh, geez. Um, and her actual like uh, uh, a uh, relative in the family was like, yeah, no, that kid was always telling stories like she was a fucking pain in the ass and complete chaos with this child. And then come to find that her father, her biological father uh, which she had to admit, because she does admit at the end of the story, like, yeah, I lied. But her biological fa father had actually been an informant. Oh, God. So <laughs> it was like, I don't know. I don't know if it's because I walk around with this massive, massive amount of skepticism yeah. and because I'm such a pessimist crazy that I was that like, no. That you you could get that far without anybody actually checking your story. She made money. Yeah. She got so. Here's the thing: like Disney's ready to buy your story, and they don't even know if it's they true. They don't or even not. know if it's true. They didn't even like yeah. nobody's doing the research or whatever. But what was crazy was how she got caught initially. Was the the woman that the publisher or whatever had hired actually the first thing she did was she went through the book because mm -hmm. the book was released in three languages. Mm -hmm. So she went through the book and she was like the parents last name is completely different in the french version mm, mm. why would you give your parents a completely different name yeah. in the french version of this book so that's what sort of set it off she's like wait a minute like yeah. how like that's weird you wouldn't go by a different name yeah. like you might have a slightly different spelling on it but yeah. you wouldn't have a different name or you know so that's how this whole thing Started. wrapped up at the end oh, was just that up. you know yeah this was bullshit she had like kids 
Um, like, and mind you, she's going on television, like crying, telling her story. Jesus. Then they did a film. There was like a film, a foreign film made where she's on a talk show with the little girl who plays her, hugging her and tearing up about how she did such a good job and all this wow. other stuff. Did and you then, watch that film? No, I didn't watch the film. Yeah. Um, and then they, uh, there was like a museum or like a library or something or a museum had done an exhibit where like kids um, made artwork in honor of her and she showed up to the thing and the kids were all hugging her and like, you know, she's telling wow. her story. She really like railroaded people. And then in the end had to be like, it was because of the shame of my father being an informant. Oh, God. And I, I create, I created a world for myself and I started to not know if it was real or not. And I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Um, but I was I was a little bit bummed, honestly, that I was like, damn, my skepticism ruined this whole documentary <laughs> because 10 minutes in, I was like, I don't believe a single word of this. <laughs> this documentary is going to turn around and tell me that this is all false. Yeah. And I know it. I already know it. I don't even know why I'm watching this because there's no way that that happened. Yeah. It was like that one. But part. see, I tell you and you're like, wow, that's crazy. No, because, <laughs> yeah, because, like... you know, generally stories like that. Because who's going to lie about the Holocaust? Right. People. Yeah. People will lie about the Holocaust. People lie about everything. Yeah. So I don't we inherently like, want to... Because for a story to get that popular or that in the mainstream, you would assume it's been fact-checked. So if you hear like, oh, there was this documentary about this person that did X, Y, and Z, you're like, okay, well, as it's presented, it's like, oh, that's crazy that that happened. You, you don't... You, you wouldn't approach it with skepticism. Because you assume that based on the face value of somebody that's telling you that this happened. Um, I think that was harder to do back then, though, because you didn't have the Internet. So you kind yeah. of had to take people's word for it. Because aside from going back as a historian into their town and maybe finding right. a birth certificate or something, you know, you you had no way to prove it. Whereas now you can dig into like, you know, yeah, you it can find somebody's like, blood type online. It sounds at this like point. it didn't take much uncovering because they would go to another family member and the family member was like yeah she's always telling stories well that was like later on but it was more that they started to find her vat they'd like so at that time when a kid was moved they would have records of it mm -hmm. but what they did was i'm trying to remember the details of it now i don't want to fuck this up okay so when they would save kids from refugee camps and from the holocaust and all that they had a book but it wasn't a book it wasn't one book was kind of genius at that time mm -hmm. because there was obviously no computers and think well not really advanced computers obviously they had computers that were the size of your room um but what they would do is so they'd ha they'd have all of this information in these books but the books came in four pieces mm -hmm. so you could look up a kid's name in one book but then it was coded so that the rest of the information was in another book. The rest of that information was in mm. the third book. So finding one book meant nothing. Yeah. So they did that purpose, purposefully. Right. So obviously if anyone got hold of the book and the books were spread out so that you had to have them all together to make them make sense. Right. I don't know what happens. Somebody loses one of those books. Now Seriously. nothing makes sense. But at this time, there this was as advanced as you can get yeah. in terms of a method to do that. So... Um, because she wasn't necessarily in that book didn't mean that it didn't happen. So it was like because sometimes kids' names didn't get put in there. So in the beginning, it was still like, well, she could still be telling the truth. This just could have been hidden really well or whatever to protect them. But um, anyway, they, they started finding, I think, like vaccination records or something like that. And um, 
nothing was adding up. Yeah. And she was forced to confess. Crazy. Um, so, yeah. So there's that. So I've ruined it, obviously, <laughs> because we we do, you know, we do spoil things in, in reviewing it. But I'm just curious if anybody else out there watched that and called bullshit early into it mm. or if it was just me and my pessimism. I don't know. Yeah. Um, always gets in the way of things. Yeah. I also watched something this week that you didn't really watch. But you're not done with it. What? Oh, what did what did you? What War of the Worlds. You don't watch that this week. You well, that last week. We'll talk about it this week. Okay. Because um, it's something I watched, and uh, if we're doing this whole, I mean, you kind of watched a little bit, and I just wanted to do a quick review of it because I I fe- really feel like if you're into this sort of thing, it's 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 the best sci-fi show you're not watching. You know, if you're into like sci-fi and stuff. Didn't hold my attention, but no, I loved it. I I think it's it's a it's an interesting kind of reimagining of that H we H G Wells story. Um, they kind of it's not it's a it's an interpretation of it. You know, mm-hmm. they they don't follow it exactly, obviously. So, um, it's really interesting. There's um, you only had three directors: Richard Clark, Giles Couillet, I guess, and Ben Williams, who looks really young, by the way. That's crazy. Um, and you had one writer kind of wrote the whole thing uh howard overman mm-hmm. starring oh, leah geez. drucker <laughs> daisy edgar jones gabriel byrne natasha little a bunch of other people are in it um is it over it's over a second season oh so they only did two well oh. supposedly it was renewed for a third but oh. the way the second season ends it's like oh interesting you know, it it feels like a wrap up, but they do leave like a little nugget. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm interested to see how they how they kind of play that. But um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like this show is so good because so much of it is the story of these survivors. You know, of these people and their families and the stories of them and how they um, all these secrets come out and and you know, so there's a, a, a fairly decent drama to it. You know, and mm-hmm. these foreign show. It's a foreign show. Um, and these shows always kind of like tend to focus more on the characters, um, and then the the story of of the I don't want to say aliens, but uh, of these of these little alien type things or these people or whatever whatever they are. I don't want to give too much away. Um, is kind of like the backdrop and the setting of it all. Um, well, we generally spoil things. I mean, yeah. it's how you're reviewing it. So yeah, so. It's it's re- it's really good. There's the visual effects for it are this the compositing for these. They have like these little four legged robot things that are walking around, and the compositing that they do with these things is so good. The movement's a little weird, but I almost feel like it's part of these weird robots would walk that way because those things always seem to walk in some kind of stilted weird way. Yeah, if you so if you look at the works Boston, for me. yeah, the what are they? It's what is the company Boston, Boston Dynamics. Dynamics? Sometimes th- so many people in comments are like, "That's obviously CG," yeah. and it's like, "No, that's that's real. Yeah. That's it, it looks like it's CG because of the the weird sort right. of like so, st- stuttered movement." Yeah, so in that sense, I feel like it's and there's a lot of close ups. Stuttered, as I said, stuttered. Yeah, there's a lot of close ups of these things, and and uh, it's just done so well. But the story, like. You know the normal, the regular stories. So you just have these aliens that come in, and then our kind of atmosphere. Mm-hmm. You know, their their bodies aren't really designed to fight off infections or diseases or whatever. Yeah. So that's the movie was okay. I liked the movie. Yeah, the movie's all right. Um, but this, they, you know, there's time travel involved in this, and and 
how they kind of go about reimagining the protagonist Mm -hmm. is really kind of interesting. It's basically like, it's first, it's all these robots. It's just these little four-legged robots running around, but you know that there's a something controlling them and a higher power controlling them. And then um, eventually you see that it's they're human, humanoid. You know, like these people look just like humans that are kind of in charge of all this stuff. And then you're like, oh, that's interesting. But then they have this weird gene. And so they're, they, they infuse this kind of disease storyline into it in a way that, you know, these people are coming back in time to kind of save the future sort of thing. So um, it's really quite interesting. I, I, I don't want to give too much away because I really want people to watch it. I've already kind of spoiled most of it, but <laughs> I guess I failed at that. But um, I would, if you haven't seen it, it it's it, even though I, I gave it away, it's still so worth watching because it's 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 done so well. I don't want to go on forever about it, but it's just the cinematography is really really nice. The visual effects are nice, as I said. the The story is really interesting where it goes. Um, yeah, and it's interesting to see a, a show like this from another country where the kind of um, way that you survive is completely different. You know, this story taking place here, it's complete chaos. Everybody's killing each other, and it's mm-hmm. where there, they all feel a little bit more like we're in this together and we need to survive. You know, yeah. so that cultural difference, it was really interesting to watch. There was some killing each other, though. Oh, for sure. There's going to be, yeah. Um uh, but a lot of that was motivated by outside forces, too. Whatever happened to the guy in the store that was hurt? Oh, Because I didn't follow it. He healed up and then um, became a big part of the story. He was, like, one of the main defenders of the group. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, and then, I don't know why it didn't... Like, it held my attention in the first season. Mm, and then I don't know why in the, the second season. The second was season like, was really good. Eh. The... I had to, like, get back into the who's related to who, because there is a lot going on. There's a lot of characters. Yeah, I think that's probably what it was for me. It was just like too many people. So you really got to pay attention. All right, this person's this person's son or daughter, and they're you know. um, But yeah, there's um, it's it's a really good show, um, and I would highly recommend watching it. Well, we'll see if they throw a a third season. Hopefully not. I feel like I'm pretty sure that it's been renewed, from what I read. Um, Yeah, but it's it's tricky. You know, I have the same problem with this I do with any time travel movies because you go back in time to kill somebody or do something that's mm-hmm. going to affect the future. And, it, and it's like, well, then the other person could just go further back in time and stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just a race back in time to, yeah. to what about the ripple, man? Yeah, what yeah. about the ripple? So I don't know. Um, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens, but definitely watch it. It's on Amazon prime. I think you can watch it. All right. All right. We'll see what they do. Mm-hmm. So um, the third thing we said there was two, but there there was three because like a surprise. You, you threw it. You threw your world, yeah. War of the Worlds, in there. Yeah. Um. So, um, we watched Reminiscence, which just which just came out. It's on HBO Max. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's not on a, available on regular HBO since we have HBO Max. I don't yeah, know really. how like how they discern it. Yeah, yeah, I'm really not sure of the 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 process in in deciding who gets to see what, um, but. We, we'd seen the trailer. It was very much up your alley. It's stuff that I like, but I, I don't go as crazy for it. But it was very up <clears throat> your alley. Mm-hmm. Um, it was directed and written by Lisa Joy, who obviously uh, was a co-creator and producer and stuff on Westworld. Um, <clears throat> and who clearly likes Sandy Newton. Yeah. 
Well, um, I mean, she's great. Yeah, she is. But, you know, she was a big part of that show. So mm-hmm. she obviously wanted to bring her into here. Um, you know, Hugh Jackman, Rebecca Ferguson, uh, Thandie Newton, and Cliff Curtis. Actually, Thandie changed her name back to her given name. What is that? I feel like I'm going to mess it up, though. Thandiwi? Huh. Thandiway? Oh. Thandiway? I know. Sorry. Yeah. I probably fucking killed that. Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> most people know her as Thandie. I mean, I, yeah. you know, I've always known her as Thandie Newton, so that just kind of pops out first. But... Um, yeah, so it was it it was your your run of the mill like uber sci fi color saturated like yeah sci fi future kind of film they they all have the same tone and and feel yeah. to them. Um, <clears throat> I am a little bit weird about Hugh Jackman. Mm. I like him in Logan, mm-hmm. and I like and him it. in Logan. Oh. <laughs> <clears throat> I it's not. It's not like I think that Hugh Jackman is a bad actor. I just don't like the things he picks. Hmm. I generally like I look at his movies and I'm like, I don't think that I've ever really been like, dear Lord, I have to see that. It's always like, okay, you know, he happens to be in something or what have you. Um, Again, Logan was the only thing that I was like excited to see and that I really liked um, because it was aside from Deadpool. Uh, you know, one of the more violent adult themed comic films. Yeah. Um, but I, I can't like I'm trying to think of something else that I really like that has Hugh Jackman in it. And I, I can't. Mm. I'm not trying to be a twat. I just like I yeah. really can't think of anything that like I loved or was like, hey. Yeah. Um. Oh, Prisoners. Yeah. <clears throat> that Prisoners. was a great movie. But. Considering he's been in so many movies, that's kind of like I think the only one that I could pull out of there. Like Prisoners and Logan. Yeah. Those were my favorites. And in both he was just enraged. Yeah. So I kind of like if he's Very not angry. enraged, yeah. kinda don't even care. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah, he I, I like him. And there's 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 a couple good moments with him in this, I thought, like from an acting perspective that uh was done well. But yeah, I don't know where to start with this movie. <laughs> Seriously, the visual effects were okay. I almost the whole entire logistical situation of this world makes zero sense sense to me. Zero sense sense to me, you know, because you have this. It's basically this world that's been submerged, right? And so all of the poor people—they're in Miami. Yeah, and all the poor people are stuck in the coasts where it's all flooded and all the, we assume all the rich people are in the barren areas or whatever, you know? Well, they're up higher and then they have like moats. Yeah. So, you know, and all the, the, the nicer areas have built these dams and whatever. And, but, but then also they've also built bridges since this happened. So there's still like construction going on. Like, I don't understand the logistical, it just kept bothering me. Like where, like, uh, is there still manufacturing going on? How is there still, <laughs> how is there still power if it's been mm-hmm. flooded? Because eighty percent of every single electrical box is in a basement somewhere. Right. So, how, like, who turns the power on? Is there still power companies that you pay? What are these people doing for jobs? Like, well, is it is it like? Uh, I, I don't I don't understand any of that. Is it like the Alamo? That. Do they not have basements in Florida? Can't you not have basements because oh, you flood? So things would have to, like, the grid has to be above ground, but still you would think that it would have still, been... Still, it's not at the top of a building, and all these buildings no. are, are, like, and it's just... The uh, aesthetic made absolutely because no you, sense. Because you have this slum area, but 
you know, you have Hugh Jackman walking around like out of a GQ magazine, you know, it's like he's dressed yeah. like kind of nice and um, it well, just was kind of weird. I mean, so, I guess, yeah, he works or whatever, yeah. but still like it just. It was a confusing aesthetic. Yeah. I mean, I appreciate the, the noir feel that I had going and that's okay. You made a choice and it's, uh, I get it. Um, but it just, I don't know. And for, and uh, from a, a story point of view, the relationship between Hugh Jackman and, and Ferguson's character, like there was not nearly enough time spent with that for me to like be invested in it. You Newton? know, like there's just Newton? no. Is that who Ferguson was? No, um, Rebecca Ferguson. Oh, Rebecca character. Ferguson. Um, May, I think it was the character's name. Yeah, she, their their relationship. Yeah. Like the, it was like, oh, she came in. Oh, we love it. And then as he tries to find her, you, you've learned more about the relationship, but I'm not invested. Mm-hmm. Because now I'm invested in him in, in the story of him finding her, and every I felt like that about Newton's character. That I'm like, what is this dedication she has? To yeah, him that none of this is explained. Yeah, why would she put up with this? I don't know. I appreciate in any film when you have a male and a female character that you know that any kind of attraction is off the table. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think there's enough of that, and and I think you know there's societal ramifications of that. I'm not going to go down that whole rabbit hole, but. Um, I, I always appreciate any film or show that does that um, and can just paint That'll, two people on allows the, platonic relationships yeah, of the opposite the sex. Sexes, and yeah. it's like, um, it's like you never see that ever, mm-hmm. you know, but whatever. Anyway. Uh, yeah. It's just, it's a very interesting concept and I, I believe it's, it's original. I don't know if this is based on anything. I don't know. So I appreciate that if that's the case. I know she sure. wrote it. I yeah. Know. Um, but it's, it's, it just, I don't know, didn't really work for me. Had a lot of potential, but the, um, the story was just not anything that really pulled me in or got me invested. The, 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 the visual, the, the technology didn't make any sense because Mm -hmm. you had like this, um, machine that can, we can go into the whole thing about how like you would see dreams and you know, how in these Dream. Whose perspective it's from. Yeah, there's, it's just, there's, how are we seeing things in this dream that the person's not even looking at? You yeah. know, that sort of stuff. So it's like, I don't know. I don't get it. Um, that was a big one for me. I mean, I think I can, I can let go of some of like the little, you know, peccadillos, if you will, mm-hmm. of the characters and stuff. But um, the technology, seeing as this is based around sci-fi and technology, it was like, it felt like there were a lot of loose ends there. Um, I felt like the the aesthetic of this film was the aesthetic and, and a bit of the, the technology and storyline was like if Sin City and Blade Runner had a baby. Yeah. And it was like they couldn't decide which side of that they wanted to be yeah. in. So and this isn't the first time that we've seen this. A lot there's a lot of sci-fi movies that seem to have like a lot of post-apocalyptic. It's always some type of like. Uh, either it's a financial crash mm-hmm. or it's an actual physical, uh, you know, uh, uh, environmental crash. They seem to have, uh, they make these films where this society is, these societies are obsessed with jazz clubs. Yeah. And I, I don't understand how survive. that happened. Well, we need no, entertainment. It's, it's not even that they survived. It's that they're somehow their source of entertainment and, and a priority. Yeah. Another film that this kind of reminded me of was birds of prey they did a similar mm-hmm. thing where it's like this is the future how is the last cultural reference something from the 40s yeah 
Yeah, I don't know if they explained how far into the future this was. I mean, I don't remember. In reality, if this happened now, we would be like on an endless loop of like Billie Eilish and like <laughs> Lizzo and Little Nas or some shit like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because that's what's relevant. Yeah. Now it wouldn't be the forties. Yeah. And so. The really what really confused me about the aesthetic was that like if this is the future, why is everyone driving around in vintage cars? What happened to all the 2017 Hyundai's? Yeah. Like what? Yeah. Wait, why are we driving around in Studebakers? Yeah. Where the fuck did these things come from? Like this doesn't make any sense. Architecturally, it makes no sense because those buildings don't exist anymore. Yeah. If you and it isn't to say that the architecture doesn't right. You go to um, Penn Station or I'm sorry not Penn Station Grand Central Station yeah. you have a lot of of historical yeah, architecture yeah. but lighting and all like even the lights that they were using I'm like so you're telling me that nobody thought to rewire the electricity in these buildings and all of this time yeah. you have the original lamps in the ceilings and all of this stuff like everything was vintage Yeah, and so it was the strangest aesthetic and it was like so it, I don't know, the 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 dialogue was really cliche for me. It yeah, didn't. It I'm was, a big stickler about dialogue, and yeah. it's like people don't talk that way to one another. Yeah. And so the dialogue, their conversations played out like a mid-century scripted narration. They it they spoke in narrative form, if that yeah. makes any sense. Yeah. It so didn't true. sound like they were actually speaking to each other. It sounded like they were reading to one another. Yeah in dialogue that happened to coincide yeah and so it was like is that what is happening like yeah. i don't believe anything that they're saying to one to one another because their conversation is so saccharine and yeah planned. It's, it's tricky because you, you know you you want to have this kind of you want to paint this world and have people talk like that but you can't really base it in in this reality you know it wouldn't make any sense because yeah if if the world went to shit like this and cities started to get flooded people wouldn't start talking in some kind of weird fucking like, did this machine exist already or you're telling me that they they had the resources after a flood right. to create this machine and they introduced the concept of him using this for criminals and figuring out what happened like that's literally all that that it would be used for yeah like the police department would make one of their own and that's 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 how you would solve every crime it would be a minority well, report. I was just going to say, you know? I was, it was really on the tip of my tongue. I was like, it's a complete steal on minority report. But they don't even use it for that. Like minority report f saw that concept through. And they said, oh, if we have people that can tell the future, then we're going to like stop crimes. So like that, you know, but this is just like, they use it like once for the police. And it's like. And it, at least with minority report through the precogs. They were watching, like, they, they would see it more realistically where they didn't understand what they were seeing. Right. Like, with this, they were like, oh, we're walking through the room and we're seeing yeah. her perspective and then someone else's perspective. Right. And I don't know why there needed to be a vibrator in this. Yeah. Uh, why? Yeah. It was, so, it was like, literally for the sake of being like, oh, she has a neck massager yeah. here. Like, okay. Yeah. So? <laughs> Just why was that necessary to put in the story? That was so silly. Um, but just like also down to like the the way that May's character 
was so hypersexualized yeah. in her movements. Yeah. Like she would walk over to something with her back completely arched at all yeah. times. And it was like, my God, relax. I, 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 we only saw that woman once in regular clothing. She yeah. was in a backless dress through 95% yeah. of this film, which was completely unnecessary. It was just, which is it like, it was a little disappointing having a female director writer and be like this, this, this is all the cliches and bullshit that, you know, we were forced to endure yeah. with a lot of male productions. And I realize that it's also the the production house and who's the, you know, the, yeah. the studio that's paying for it. Well, but it's like, come on, like, just. Yeah. Well, I mean, Lisa Joy, you know, she's got a lot of pull. So I'm sure she. But that's what I'm but, saying. Like, But how I, I had read a, an interesting article or I came across one um, that said that she was seriously considering submitting this script under a male pseudonym get it taken more seriously it felt like it was i mean it had every it, it, it hit yeah. every every bullet point of the male perspective in in typical yeah you know hollywood and especially sci-fi films there's always like what i would i i hate these types of movies i'm gonna say i hate them but the reason why i'm never like ooh, is because you have a movie like sin city totally hypersexualized. so you had what's her face that i don't like um, oh, Jessica Alba. Yeah, Jessica Alba. So it's like someone has to be practically naked all t- all times and really hypersexualized. Same shit in Blade Runner. Yeah, we had the same shit going on in Blade Runner. There's always like, let me guess, if there's a female character, then she's going to be hypersexualized. Like yeah. it, it must be done. And so it was just kind of disappointing where I felt like we have so much of that already. This would have been an opportunity. I would have loved for like Thandy's character to have been the stronger character and the bigger character. And like, I, I didn't see, well, no, we did see her practically nude. <laughs> so there again, right. there, like there's always a point where I was like, I was actually liking that she was kind of, she kind of had like this tomboy-esque yeah. um, uh, aesthetic. And then of course, then there's a scene of her going to machine. So she's practically naked and it's yeah. like, Jesus Christ, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't mean to be like a, you know, raging asshole and be all, uh, you know, snowflakey about it, as as they would say, but it's just like there's no there's no lack of this type of film. Yeah, we have this already. Like, do something else. Yeah. Um, I, I just, just feel like I don't know. I feel like the story, like the story, needed to be kind of like flushed out. Whatever. <laughs> oh boy. Or simplified or something for a movie, like for a show. This would have been great, I think, if they could if they could have explained how it all started and what they're doing to survive. They don't have time for all of that, so they just throw you in this world, and it is what it is. And it's like, I don't know if that works in a world that we're supposed to believe was once our world. You know? Yeah, it didn't make sense. Um, because if if this really let me really tell you, I happen- wish this was our aesthetic. I'm obsessed with the 40s and 50s. I love mid-century yeah. aesthetic. I wish I walked into buildings and most of them looked like that, and we were still driving old cars. Yeah. But we don't. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what didn't make sense. Yeah, it didn't make no sense. And there's like this one key moment where he finds one of her earrings. And then in his memory, she sees her do it. And it's like, but he didn't see her do it. Right. Which doesn't make sense. Yeah. So they tried to sort of explain their way out of that paper bag with like, oh, it's actually your perception of other people's perception of yeah. you. And that's how we're seeing you. And it's like, no, that's not going to work. Yeah. Yeah. Because our first thing was like, why would you see yourself do something like that? But yeah, you kind then, of do in dreams, I guess. Uh, yeah, I don't know if memories kind, work the same way. Of. I don't know. I just found it like, like the machine. The machine that they were in was literally like like Deadpool meets Minority Report. Yeah. Like if 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 Deadpool's tube filled with water. Yeah. 
then that would have been. It, it was, was the even, same, like it was the precog thing. Yeah, and, it was inconsistent too because then you had that one person that went under. I believe it was that criminal guy, and that whole thing was from his point of view. Right. They never showed him in that. Right. So it it was like it was weird that way. I felt like the storyline was really predictable. Yeah. And again, I go into these things differently. I well, ruin yeah, everything for I myself feel like, because like, I go in with writer's brain. But like the minute we met her, I'm like, oh, she's not who she. Yeah. Like there's no way that she's who she's she says she is. Um, and and again, when the trailer came out, I didn't pay much attention to it because I wanted to be surprised. So yeah, I, if, I didn't see the if trailer. If they hint to that in the trailer, I, I didn't I've know. I've seen I've seen like very quick bits. I knew like there was mm-hmm. a scene where Hugh Jackman yelled, "Where is she?" Like I saw that in the trailer and uh, all that stuff. But there's this great scene. With Hugh Jackman, when um, at the end, spoiler alert, um, when she kills herself. The whole in th- this whole episode has been a spoiler yeah. alert. You don't have to say it <laughs> at um, this point. But at, at the end, when she finally does kill herself, and he's watching that memory through, that was an interesting kind of thing where he walked up into the memory and was like, you know, that's interesting. I actually didn't and, understand that because how could? Well, she knew that he was going to be watching this, so she was talking to him. Right, but it was like ghosts, but except there was nobody there to tra- yeah, yeah. To, to transfer the the but, actual physical touch. But um, yeah, that's probably in his head or something. But the moment when she kills herself and then he is like watching that, I thought that was a really powerful moment that he kind of did it because I remember watching it being like, whoa. And so as an actor, kudos to him for that because I really loved that moment. And then mm-hmm. also, once that moment died down and then he's stuck in the machine there's this wide shot of him with the two windows and it's just gorgeous Mm. so i remember thinking just watching it being like holy shit that's a gorgeous shot the cinematography and the grading was beautiful yeah but i just expected a bit more and um i can't really say that i expected a lot because i'm one of the few people that didn't get hooked on westworld yeah there was just too much going on for they canceled it i didn't even know Oh, did they? Yeah. So it's just over. It's over. Did, did they did Apparently. they end cap that at all in the last season? I don't remember because it was like they were out of the Westworld for the whole – and I thought they were going to keep it going for a while, but apparently they canceled the show or something. I, I mean, I'm, I, 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 can't say, I can't say I'm hurt by that, honestly. I just – when we first saw the trailer for Westworld, I was like, this looks really freaking cool. Um, but to me, the story, it was just – it was like confusing for the sake of being confusing. It was way too convoluted for me, and I just never was able to follow it. I oh, there wanted... is, it wasn't canceled. I thought it, it was. It wasn't? Okay. Uh-huh. You just completely, you probably set so many people off yeah. just now. Um, liar! Yeah. Um, it just, it, I, I don't know. <clears throat> the story is just, it's too much for me. And and I, I like I like a bit of confusion. I'm, I'm certainly a fan of it, but... Mm-hmm. Well, the it's first season of uh, Westworld was was so good. I liked the first season. So good. Yeah. I liked the first season, but like as the stories continued, it felt like they were finding an excuse to keep it going. Mm-hmm. But that it was none like, of kind the of like stuff lost in that way. I what is going on today? Yeah. I was literally going to say it's like if Lost was a futuristic kind of <laughs> uh, genre bending thing. It was like to a point where I was like, all right, uh, yeah. okay. Because you start off with this great concept. Uh, I mean, it wasn't like an original concept. It was made already, whatever. Yeah. But they did a good job reimagining it and everything. And um, But then you start talking about these huge time jumps. And then now you're out of Westworld and you're in the future. It's People uh, aren't who they were. Yeah. They're back to another per- I was just like, no, this yeah. is just too much I mean, I appreciate me. Aaron Paul being in anything. So I was happy to see that But uh, for season three. But yeah, it was it, it was it was weird. Yeah, so this, this was a tough one because... 
I almost didn't want to review it because I was like, I don't really have much about it that I liked, I guess. But it, I don't know, it was weird. It was weird. It was like, I wanted to like this. I felt like it had potential. It looked beautiful. Mm -hmm. The set design was great. But we always say that, like, that's kind of a nice way of saying you didn't like something where you're like, cinematography was great. And it's like, well, I'd freaking hope so. You know, if you're like Westworld level that you would... And and this is your cast. Like, I would hope your cinematography was at least good. But, um, I mean, I still will credit that because yeah. I've seen stuff that doesn't have good cinematography. It's, the grading was cool and costumes were cool. They just didn't make sense. Yeah. Nothing really made sense. Um, and my my biggest pet peeve came at the end. It was weird. It was like, as the movie was ending, I thought, is there anything else that I could not like about this film at this rate? And then the answer was yes. Mm-hmm. At the very end where I'm like... Uh, where's he pooping? Yeah, what's Again, he eating? The logistics of it, the 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 concept of it. Okay, fine, I'll, I'll go with you. Were here's but my question. The logistics here's my of question. it is like, was he? My understanding of it was that he was living in here, living in that yeah. machine. Was he not? Was it supposed to be that he kept going back into it that many years later? Because then that makes sense. I don't know because why would she visit and give him flowers? Yeah, she that's could what I talk that, to him all the time. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah. the, the way the way I perceive it, because I think it was supposed to be because it kind of represents you visiting someone's grave and putting flowers at the grave, you know, right, sort of thing. Right. And so I felt my like interpretation he was, was like that he's basically dead, but just living in that memory. He was eternally immersed. Yeah. In his memories. Yeah. Um, which makes no biological sense. So now on top of not making sense in terms of how um, rising sea levels would work. Mm. And as yeah, a society, if you're talking like electricity and all that at stuff. At least 50 years later. We're going to... Everything's exactly the same. We're going to top off... Well, not 50 years. It definitely wasn't 50 years because he's well, like 50 going in. So let's just say 20 years later, right? So he's been in this contraption, contraption for 20 years, 24-7. He doesn't have... A colostomy bag. He's not catheterized. <laughs> he doesn't have an IV line, so there's no well, we way. We only saw his head, so we don't know to administer nutrition. Yeah. Um. His beard is manicured. Yeah. Uh, so you're telling me that she's where's the where's the hair? Yeah. He would be floating around in feces and hair. Yeah. And he'd be so pruned up. What are they drain? Well, that was the first thing. I'm like, your skin. As soon as we saw that, I was like, your skin doesn't work like that. (laughs) Like, you're you cannot be immersed in water for 20 years and not, uh, you know, submerged and partially submerged rather, and and not have damage to your skin. Um, like, are they draining it? Daily, are they draining the poop and hair when they shave him? And the bacteria that would build up in that water is insane. Yeah, because it's open. Yeah. It just didn't make any sense. I was like, okay, yeah. that you just you went way too far with that, and you've lost me completely. Um, yeah, that's a no. That's a no for me. I was I was mildly annoyed prior to that scene, and then once we saw that, I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Like so, I'll. I'll... And that happened a lot, right? Where they would play out a scene in the film, and then the person would wake up, and well, we've been in their memory, and it's like. You know, well, that so, was the cliche part of it, yeah. where it was like, and then so essentially, he didn't do it at the end, but that's you know, you're watching him reenact this whole entire thing, you know. It just doesn't make any sense to me. But you know, I will say, like we say all the time, but I will say for me, I'm glad it was made. I'm glad that 
if I'm pretty sure it's original story and I'm glad that there is, I'm glad it exists. And I hope that there, I was, I hope that she continues to make films because I think she's got, um, the ability to, to tell great stories, but I feel like, I don't know if this one worked for me. I mean, I'm sure people, there are people that loved it and I'm happy for them genuinely, but, um, I want to, I, I'm really eager to see what she does next. Because I feel like there's there's a I think feel like there's a lot of potential there. I'll tell you I'll tell you what I do feel, despite the fact that I'm not the biggest fan of her work. I'm glad that there is female representation in in sci-fi. Yeah. Because this seems to be her thing. Yeah. Whether or not it's my thing is irrelevant. Like that's her thing. Like again, these reviews are just they're they're subjective. It's our opinions and you know, everyone's got different opinions and you do with that what you will. Mm-hmm. Um I personally like I I love her aesthetic, mm-hmm. but her stories just don't do it for me. Same thing with Westworld. Like the first season, yes, but I I just fell off that wagon and this one I fell off pretty early. Like the stories just don't yeah. do it for me. But I hope to see more of that because I feel like so many women love sci-fi and for some reason it's viewed as a a male interest. Yeah. Which, which is, is what so bizarre. prompted her to want to like possibly submit it under a male thing cuz it's Yeah, so I'm, I'm because it's glad not action packed. That... It's not like a an action film, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that she's expressing herself and doing mm-hmm. her thing because we need that. We need more of that and I'm hoping that, you know, the stories kind of evolve a bit more or mm. become less complex and just like fuck. Cause I think like if there wasn't so much information, the stories would be good. It's just, there's too much information being crammed into short yeah. amounts of time. Yeah. And that's what loses me personally. Yeah. It's been a trend for films is, you know, they try to cram a lot of storytelling into a simple, to try, try to cram a lot of details into a simple story. Mm. Um, you see it all the time with superhero films and, and a lot of other films. And it's because shows are so dense these days and so well thought out because you have all this time to do it and movies can't really compete with that. But they're see, they, they're trying to, but they need to like focus on just a, a, a single singular, simple story that's well executed, you know? Yeah. Anyway, um, we have a couple of guests lined up for the fall. Um, we're kicking back into our fall, which yay means we we have more guests summer's so tough as we've said before because Mm -hmm. everyone's got plans and it's harder to lock people down so we do have um three people so far lined up in the fall that we're looking forward to um and uh yeah shout out mograph mograph also i just want to i want to shout you out for having your nft yeah uh retweeted by sir mc hammer MC Hammer. Who the hell ever thought that was gonna? That's those are some words I never thought that I was gonna put together. Yeah, MC Hammer retweeted my NFT and then tweeted at me that it was an excellent piece with four fire emojis. <laughs> not is, three, but four fire emojis. Not three, not two, not one. Four. four. So that that was that was fun. That was so weird. Yeah, we were like laying in bed. It's like twelve thirty in the morning, yeah. and you're like, no way. I'm like, what? I'm like half asleep. What? MC Hammer just retweeted my NFT. Yeah. Sure, whatever you say. <laughs> like, good night. That's funny. Um, yeah, so so that's been moving along for you. Yep. We'll see what happens with it. 
Um, yeah, so if you have anything that uh, you'd like to request or you have a film that you want us to watch, your film, something, you know, things are moving along in the film industry, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we have our, our own stuff that's we're hoping to drop our anis- animation by the end of this fall. Dear yeah. Lord. Uh, I'm, I'm praying to the God I don't believe in that we get this done by the end of this fall. Yeah. It was supposed to be the end of last fall. Yeah. So we are literally a year behind on this. And then we have a whole other short um, that will hopefully be dropping. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. E- within the next month, you think? Is that even possible? I'm hoping in the next couple weeks. We'll see about that. Yeah. Um, so hopefully we have something fun coming along and uh you know we can share that with you guys we just just hard for us to give timelines right now because you were doing about seven thousand things at once yeah so that's it if somebody wants to support me and give me a bunch of money so that way i don't have to work (laughs) and i can get all this stuff done i'm open to it you know my dms are open that would be nice (laughs) if if that could happen in the next two days then i wouldn't have to start my new job on tuesday so if you want to throw some money at us um, like within the next two days, then I could um, promptly email them and be like, hey, thanks for the opportunity, but I won't be making yeah. it. Um, yeah. Okay. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.